All right. Three, two. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Episode one of the True Love Tattoo Podcast. I'm Michael Forrest and uh, I'm so excited. It's been a long time coming. Been wanting to do this since end of last year and we're finally around to doing it. Um, before we start, I just want to give a quick thanks to Killer Merch for sponsoring the podcast. I've been getting stuff by Killer Merch maybe since like 2013 and it's Same. always fucking good. They're the best. They're the best. I wouldn't go to anyone else. No, they're fast. Yeah. They're insane. I've seen them screen print shit with like 10 colors. Like it's almost photorealistic by the time they do like 10 screens. It's mental. Um, local dudes, fucking epic. You might see them at local tattoo conventions. They're always there. They're always doing stuff. So killer merch, check them out. You won't be disappointed. So episode one, I've got Josh Todaro of the Grand Illusion here with me. Pleasure to be here, Mixter. <laughs> Big we're, Mick. <laughs> Big Mick. <laughs> we're, we're, we're deliberating beforehand what <laughs> he was going to call me for this podcast and I'm fucking disappointed he went with Big Mixter. <laughs> but what are you going to call yourself? Big Mixter now. I have yeah, to. It's episode right. one. Now I have to roll with it. Because I think you should introduce yourself. Oh. Who are you? I'm Big Mixter. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm Michael Forrest, uh, tattoo at Man's Ruin here in sunny St Kilda. Um, the same beautiful suburb we're currently recording this podcast in, inside the historic Hotel Esplanade. Um, so Josh, I want to talk to you. I've like loved your work for fucking ages. A very, very long time. Thank you, Michael. Both I really appreciate that. Trad stuff, portrait stuff, pop culture stuff done with a trad twist. I absolutely love it. Mm. I want to sort of um, address the fact this isn't your first podcast. Yeah, I did a podcast recently with my friend Wayne Fredrickson. Um, he's from somewhere in California. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he moves around a lot. Uh, yeah, he's, he's from California in the States and... Um, He's guest spotted at my shop a couple times, which we've been really lucky to have. And um, if you've heard the name before, you might have heard him from his YouTube channel, which he's a bit of a bit of a personality. He likes to do like daily videos of him in the shop and stuff like that, and they get a lot of traction. People want to see it. So if you if you haven't heard um, it, the podcast is called Unite and Win. Um, and I've listened to it twice now. Josh also called dibs on first episode of that podcast too, just like this one. Um, I got to be first. Podcast. Like. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> you can be second, third. Hell, you can even be fourth. <laughs> but, but, but seriously, I've lived my whole life by that. If you ain't first, you're last. 100%. So what, what I really liked on that podcast, I'm not going to make you repeat uh, everything you've already said, but what I found really interesting on that, you were talking to Wayne about how you sort of went to like an arts high school so mm. you could sort of focus more on your drawing and illustration and stuff. So mm. that's always been a bit of a priority for you. Yeah. And you also said that you got your mum to buy you a tattoo kit <laughs> yeah. on eBay. So you're in high school and you've somehow yeah. convinced your mum to buy a tattoo kit. Yeah. So you can wild. use it as another medium for yeah. your artwork. Yeah, exactly. And how long? Yeah, how my long mum's a legend. How long between getting that and tattooing people illegally in your bedroom? <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty much like day one. Day one. <laughs> <laughs> like, it uh yeah, I opened it out of the box and set it up very uh, yeah, I don't know how 
I followed the instructions or whatever. How do you really write instructions on how to like set up a tattoo machine properly? <laughs> I feel like it step, takes step one, don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it um, takes years to learn that stuff. So you can imagine what it's like trying to do it from like an IKEA type manual. Um, but yeah, pretty much day one, I just opened it all up, set something up, went straight to my room and started just like, like so straight how, my How leg. old were you? How old were you then? Um, I think 16. 16. So yeah. like from 16, you knew you wanted to be a tattooer. Yeah. Yeah. I was, no no other backup plans? It was just tattooer? Uh, I always wanted to do something with art anyway. I'd been drawing since I was like, you know, you know, like those kids that just are drawing from like five, like, you know, it's all crap, but then like, <laughs> you know, your mum believes in you and just like once you make he, the fr- once you make the fridge, it's yeah. just smooth sailing yeah, from there. He's yeah, he's the drawer in the family and um yeah. So I was always kind of that kid, like, you know, family anytime we had like a family um like Christmas or something, all my cousins and stuff are asking, like, what have I drawn recently? And, you know, that sort of stuff. Like there was just I was just always drawing. So like I started like collecting comics when I was like um, eight or so um, and just I couldn't really read very well so like I only brought comics purely for the visual aspect of it and I would just like yeah. flip through it, just look at the images. I thought that's kind of all it was, was just like looking at, oh, cool, he's in that pose, he's in that pose. That's all I ever really saw. So yeah, like, just like tracing it, copying frames yeah, and stuff so like that. Yeah, so I would just like, yeah, trace Trace Wolverine comics, Trace whatever I wanted. Um, And, yeah, it's kind of like every Christmas someone would give me like a drawing book or like Simpsons drawing book and this sort of stuff. So Did you get get those books where it's like how to draw a portrait and it's like draw a circle, draw a cross through the circle. And then finish it. No, draw the rest of the fucking (laughs) face. (laughs) Yeah, it was essentially that. Like I never never like really understood the technical side of it. It It's just... I was more kind of like a photocopy type guy. I would just like sit the photo there like or sit the comic there and then just like try draw it. Like I never really understood the the shapes and the proper like, um, yeah, the proper technical way of drawing. Um, it was more like cartoon yeah. sort of stuff. So like, yeah, all through primary school it was just like, yeah, drawing on all my textbooks and stuff. And then when I was in like grade six I went to um, – these cartooning classes, which were run by this actually famous illustrator, Rod Tokley. Um, And he he did like storyboards for like Terminator 2 and like Queen of the Damned. And he used to um, draw the the center page of Live to Ride magazine every week, like Ed Roth type, like Frankenstein driving a hearse and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he used to draw the center of that every month and – so it's a really like Australian renowned uh, illustrator, and yeah, he just started running illustration classes, basically for you know beginners to advanced. And so I, I did them for a few years, and um, he was like probably I would technically say he was my first mentor. Like um, he really how, took how a shine to me. How often were you going to these classes? Uh, every week. Every week. Yeah. So it was like you know, Wednesday after school or something. Yeah. And it was actually right near my house. It was fucking crazy. Out. So I'd walk there um, after school. And, yeah, he sort of became my first mentor and, yeah, really took a shining to me, you know, got along well with my mom. So he kind of like stayed this like family friend for a while. And um, it was actually funny because he 
he had a few tattoos and it actually, in, in a way, it, he did sort of lead me to tattooing but in like a weird roundabout way. Like um, he used to ride like Harleys and stuff and he had tattoos and, yeah, I sort of knew he was ra- ra- drawing for this Harley magazine so like I knew he would know tattooers. So actually like when it came time, you know, when I was about 15, um, before I went to that art school, I tried to do work experience at a tattoo shop. Yep. So, yeah, that's actually, yeah. I, I thought when I was 16 was when, like, I decided I wanted to be a tattooer. But then I remembered recently that I actually tried to do work experience at a tattoo shop. Um, you know, like in year nine where it's kind of like you, you just do work experience for yeah. a week at some place. Um, so I actually called up Rod and I was like, oh, hey, like, it's me. Like, yeah. Um, do you know any tattooers that I would I could do that with or something? Like he's the only link I sort of had to tattooing yeah, cool. at that time because I didn't have any tattoos or anything. And he sort of like yelled down my ear at the like through the phone just like, you are not doing that. That's <laughs> not like that's not what I was like setting you up to do. Like, yeah. you know, like like fully like yelling at me like a dad would like that's not for you sort of thing. Like yeah, right. really like frowned upon. That's strange, especially considering he had tattoos and was sort of yeah. a little bit in that scene with the Harleys and all that. It's kind of weird, I guess. Like I guess his vision of the tattoo industry was maybe like the 90s type stuff that, you know, like maybe he got those tattoos young and he sort of thought he knew what the tattoo industry was like and, yeah. you know, w- wouldn't wouldn't suggest his son do it. So sort of like when a another like um, pupil of his or whatever suggested it, he sort of reacted in the same way of just like, nah, yeah, not, right. not that industry sort of thing. So I was kind of like a bit turned off. So then, yeah, I sort of... I left that. I was like, oh shit. Okay, guess I'm not doing that. Um, so, so how yeah, long? Then, how long did it take from being a 16 year old going to those like cartooning illustration sort of classes to finishing school and getting a job in a tattoo shop? How old were you when you started in a tattoo shop? Like, got your apprenticeship um, or just as like the the yeah, shop help? Pretty much when I was 18. Like yeah. straight up. Well, I'm 18 in October, and yeah, you know. So that was like year 12. I turned 18 in October and then pretty much November school was out. So then those holidays I kept tattooing friends <laughs> at home. But also um, for the for about the year before I was going to and from um, the tattoo shop that I eventually started at um, and, you what know, was, I was popping in there weekly and just hanging out and like um, Woody was helping me. What was that shop called? Irizumi Inc., in Elsinwick, just sort of around the corner. Still going, yeah? Yeah, it is still yeah. going. Yeah. I'd be interested to know for how much longer. I think Woody's been trying to sell the business for a few years now. Yeah. Like he's a bit over it. He's kind of old. He is and he isn't. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know. Just been doing it a long time. I don't know, just yeah. Of... I think he just kind of, he, he really thrives when he has a good crew around him. Like, when he has, like, a fresh bunch of, like, young kids that are all pumped, he's all of a sudden loves tattooing again and he, like, you can almost, like, see the joy in it again or something and then, right, like, right. you know, a couple of people leave and then he just, like, is burnt out again and, like, you know, you know bitter, like, or whatever. So I think he's just, like, maybe sick of that roller coaster yep. and um, 
He wants something a bit more just, I don't know. I, I could picture him personally just like moving away, living in some small town and living on a beach, kayaking every day. Yeah. Yeah. He he like loves kayaking, he loves the outdoors and stuff. So I can I can picture him doing something like that, I think. Um yeah. You know you, I don't think he's the type of person to just be cooped up. Yeah, totally. Um, you mentioned yeah. in the the podcast with Wayne mm. that um after working, did with, I even answer your question? I, fuck, I don't about, even, wor- about working in the shop. I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> I think you asked me how long it was before I worked in a shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So eighteen. So I got yeah, I got my apprenticeship pretty much as soon as I finished school because like I was already popping in and out of that shop for the last year during yep. year twelve, and then as soon as it finished, I was meant to go to uni to study audio engineering because that's what my dad wanted me to do. Not. Not audio engineering. I loved audio engineering. I love music. I love that side of everything. I still do it today. Um, but my dad was just like, I think I'd mentioned to him that I wanted to be a tattooer and he just like hung up the phone and didn't speak to me for like six months. So Totally. My parents um, were a little bit like that too. They mm. were sort of uh, anti-tattoos yeah. for a while. Like, I remember when or I got my- anti-like lack of education or like that he, he comes from a time where it's like- you have to go to university no matter what. Yeah. No well, matter I, what you I, went, I went to university and mm. got my apprenticeship in my third year of mm. my four-year degree at university. And my parents are like, fuck. my parents are like, Get are you fucking kidding me? Mm. Like, like you're, you're almost done. You're almost done and mm. you've gone and gotten Like I still graduated, but like they're like, what was the fucking point in you being at uni? What, you finished the fourth year despite yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was apprenticing. Oh, full on. I was studying... At that point, five subjects a semester because mm. I failed a couple, oh, and yeah. then uh, and I was working like two bar jobs mm. as well. So they they were sort of like that's a lot of shit on your plate. <laughs> yeah, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just like being busy. Yeah, you know, you're the same. You've, you've yeah. got a uh, Reaper reprints. You got your yeah. your printing business. I do love being busy, but just for some reason, the education system never appealed to me at all. I just like. I don't know. I don't. I don't learn well from like reading books or like being told how to learn things. I'm like Are you a um, hands-on guy, a visual just, learner. Yeah, you want to see it? Yeah, visual done, and hands-on. Like done yeah. and explained to yeah, you. Yeah, just show me how to do it, and then just let me do it. Don't totally. like. Yeah, you know, show it to me over this long drawn-out period where by the time I learn how to do it, I'm fucking bored of it. Like, and I think I get that from my brother. Like, my brother raised me from. Um, basically the age of eight or something. Um, and his whole thing is just like, just do it. Like, yeah. don't like, yeah, don't learn, you know, learn it to an extent, but just do it. Um, like he renovates houses and stuff like that and basically just like YouTube's how to do stuff and just like <laughs> goes out and buys the power tools and just fucking does it. It's like, gives it a burn. You know, I guess like once you get that general safety, like, don't do this when you're operating a power tool, like, you know, the rest, I, I think these days, you know, it's pretty much just like go for it sort of thing. DIY. Um, so, like, I don't know. I learned that from him. Yeah. Maybe that's the wrong way to go about it, but it's just like I do not thrive in a Yeah, well you kind you kind of did that by education. by getting the the tattoo kit at such a young age. You kind of yeah. took it upon yourself <laughs> yeah. to just give it just a fucking crack. 
Yeah, see, maybe that wasn't right. I'm not. I'm not saying that's like the way to live life, but like totally, you're seemed, just you're just eager. Yeah, which, which sort of seems to have worked out. Sort of what I wanted eventually. to ask you. It's you obviously wanted to be a tattooer from a pretty early age, like 15, mm. 16, um, and then you started working in shops and apprenticing at eighteen. Mm. And how long have you been tattooing now? Um, well, I'm turning twenty nine in a couple months, so I guess it's been. Like, yeah, 11 years in a shop environment. Yeah. Um, it was like five years at Elsinwick and it's been six years at the Grand Illusion now. Um, and then just, yeah, that sort of year and a half beforehand of tattooing sleeves on my mates <laughs> in my <laughs> fucking bedroom. Top notch shit. It's insane. Like I hate, I hate saying it and I really, I said it in the last podcast and I'll say it again, I do not condone that at all. It's not. I'm not, like, super proud of, like, I'm self-made. Like, I taught myself, like, no one helped me type thing because it's not true. Sure, I tried to learn by myself, but nothing for me started going in the right direction until someone, my mentor, told me to stop doing that, forget everything you know, you're starting from here, you know. Yeah, totally. Stuff like that. And then it even happened again for me when I went to America about four years into tattooing or three years into tattooing, um, I worked at a shop called um, Feldman's Tattoo Parlor in LA for three months, which then became the Martlet Tattoo Parlor. And again, it was just kind of like all I'd known up until that point was what my boss had taught me. And then those guys there were just like, nah, forget everything you know about that. You're starting from here sort of thing. So totally. it's kind of like I, f- I feel like, you know, even the tattoo I don't know. The the art industry is maybe always like that. I feel like you're always learning something. You're always like you always think you've learnt it all until someone really stops you in your tracks and whether it be like you see a new way that a tattoo can be done. Well, there's a, a million or, ways to do anything. Yeah. So a million different approaches to the same yeah. thing. So they, they might see the thing that like you taught yourself or Woody taught you and think it's absolutely mm. insane. This is how they do it. But it doesn't yeah. mean that it's right or wrong. It's yeah. just so many different ways to do things, mm. different ways to tackle any problem, mm. which is great. There's a million solutions to one problem. That's why it's know? really hard when people ask, like, you know, you, I'm sure you get those DMs every now and then on Instagram and Facebook of like, hey, looking for an apprentice or how do I get an apprenticeship or how do I do this or how do I do that? Sorry, I got the hiccups. Um, it's it's really hard to just like give this definitive answer of like, oh, this is how you start tattooing. It's like, it's not. I don't I don't even know how it begins. Like, yeah. I know how I did it and I don't even think that was right. So it's hard for me to comment on what I think is, oh, this is this is a tattooing career start to finish. Yeah. I don't know it. I'm still learning it. Everyone's different and mm. everyone's entry into the into the industry is going to be yeah. different too. I want to ask you, in the 11 years that you've been tattooing, have you ever at any point doubted what you were doing? Were, at any stage where you're like, fuck, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I should be doing something else. This is way harder or maybe I'm not cut out for it. Have you ever like really doubted yourself as something you've wanted for yeah. so long? It's an interesting question and I I know what you mean by it, but not really. I don't um, I've always loved it. It's from day one, it's been amazing, really. Like 
uh, even when negative things have happened, I've, I always just stop myself and be like, hmm, if that's the worst thing that could happen in my job, that's not that bad. Like, totally. You know, people are out there fucking lifting bricks every day, like cement and fucking like heat. hurting their backs and falling off ladders and shit. It's like, yeah, that's not even the worst thing that could happen to them. Like, yeah, totally. you know, like, we've I don't know. A, there's there's really nothing, there's nothing that's really put me off um, tattooing. I've had, I've like really been super lucky to have such a good run that I've had. Like I started in a great shop. I worked with um, some great people that taught me a lot and I really, I didn't even leave that shop in too bad of a state like, you know. Um, you were just sort of like ready yeah, for that it's, next it's thing. Not, you were it's ready to like, begin that next Yeah, chapter. it's not like I left just like, oh, my God, like I could fucking quit tattooing today and whatever. Yeah. I've never really had that like big big moment. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a lot to do with the people you surround yourself with. I've, I've always been surrounded by super positive people, really motivating people. Like, yeah, even now at the Grand Illusion, it's like I'm working next to my wife every day. It's like pretty such, amazing. Such a good team. It's got like, yeah. Everyone there is just an yeah. absolute sweetheart. Yeah. I work next to my wife and then Tim's been there for five years. And Can't get rid of the just, guy. Yeah. He's just fucking. Yeah, he just hangs around. Fight no. him like three times. He just keeps showing up. But he's just like the fucking best and he's just so technically good and, and he's a really like, he really wants to know like all the new stuff and he, he's constantly learning and that's. And he almost like, you know, teaches me those new things. Like, you know, I get a bit sort of, I don't know, sometimes I'm just like, I feel like I don't want to learn a new thing this week. Sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> everything's been going pretty good. I'm just yeah. going to like see how long this goes for. And then totally. when something goes wrong, you know, I'll sort of fix that. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not super into the whole like experimenting every day like, Oh, I'm gonna try this stencil product. Oh, I'm gonna try this new ink. I'm gonna try these new needles. I'm Start gonna try these micro dosing new every morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's like I feel like the tattoo industry is just like so many products are coming out and so many people are saying, like, this is the way you need to do it now. This is this is the only thing I use, and this is the only thing I use. I'm and sort of like that too, man. Swearing by things and yeah. it's just like I'm sort of like if it ain't man. broke, don't fix it. Yeah, you know? and like, if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for all for all for trying new things, but at the yeah. same time it's like there's no point mm. throwing out what I know to begin something yeah. that I might fuck up. Yeah, that's it's not, what I mean. It's, not worth it's just it. like you know, that that's the line you need to sort of walk, I think, with tattooing. It's like, okay, you can experiment on a piece of paper all you want. You can fucking take a crap on a piece of paper and like smear it around and be like, ooh, <laughs> like but like yeah. you can do that if you wish. You could try whatever medium you want. Yeah. But it's like this is someone's skin. You know, if you've kind of figured it out where like the tattoos are healing well, healing in a good time, you're giving people what they're expecting. You know, I think people come to me expecting something like kind of bold and mm -hmm. like lots of black. So I'm not going to like go ahead and try, you know, use some thinner line weight to like, oh, some weird machine I think isn't going to give me that like bold, clean line like without chewing up the skin or scarring or whatever. Like with so many things to think about when someone suggests something, yeah. you almost just need to like, See their work if it sort of looks like what you're gonna do. I think you can 
you know, take that sort of vice and experiment a little bit. But yeah. I don't know. I, I I do get set in my ways a little bit. I think I could maybe branch out more with that stuff, but I just get really comfortable and I'm like... That being said, mm, think, it's, a, it's that fine line know. of, of um, I think I'm onto a good thing, I'm going to ride this out, yeah. but at the same time knowing when and how far to push yourself with something new, it's sort of so like I mean, you, you don't want to get stagnant. You want to always yeah. sort of be changing or mm. be evolving. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to be getting better. You want to be improving. So yeah. how like... Yeah, how with, do you the, do with that the crew without... that you've got, like mm. you, you, your beautiful wife Avalon and mm. and Tim and Courtney and, and Courtney Dylan, Dylan. Yeah. you know, like how have those guys like working with them? How have they pushed you forward? Well, yeah, it's really it's super cool. Like we all we all really are such like a strong team. It's super cool. We're just every morning is just us coming in and while we're drinking coffee and drawing, we're like oh, what do you got on? Oh, I've got this. Like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like, oh, do you have reference for this? Do you have reference for that? We're always just like constantly, the whole morning is just us back and forth, back and forth until like the sketches are sort of done and then the clients come in and then it's just like, you know, we're into it. Um, do you, do you and have I think like that this... really helps. Like I've, I've seen shops that don't work like that where people are just like in their own corners or in their own rooms or something where you're really, you're doing your own thing and it's almost like this private studio type thing. Yeah. I'm just here to do my art and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. I don't. I, I definitely like that community. I don't see how you grow in an, in an environment like totally. that. Totally. Do, do you feel any sense of like healthy competitiveness with the guys in the shop? Do yeah, you sort of I think like so. I think we all push each other to like... Um, One-up each other sometimes. Yeah, like if you see yeah. something really fucking good going down, you're just like, oh, fuck, what have I been doing all week? Like, <laughs> why? Like, yeah, I was over here in, like, comfortable mode. Like, yeah, I'll just do this rose again. And then, like, over there, like, something insane is going down. You're just like, fuck. All right, tomorrow I'm I'm picking it up. I'm coming in half an hour early. I'm really – and it's good. So you need that around you. Um, yeah, like, Tim's been doing a lot of big back pieces at the moment, which, yeah, he he approaches it in a completely different way to I do. Um and, you know, I think we scare each other a little bit in the way we approach things. Like I approach things just like way too loose for him and it like freaks him out and almost makes him do it more refined. You just, you just kind then, of like show up, wing it a little <laughs> bit, sort of work it out as you go along where he's like more meticulous in his approach yeah, to stuff. Yeah, super meticulous and just like my looseness makes him be more meticulous and his meticulousness almost makes me looser or, or something. It's yeah. like it's this healthy balance of like we are referencing each other and like bouncing off each other, but it's like pushing us to do our thing better. Like Yeah, totally. You know, it's kind of it's kind of weird. You almost need to like see someone do something a little crazy to like inspire you to know that like you can be crazy too, but like, you know. Yeah. And and you work out that level that works for you. But um yeah, and having Dylan has been really refreshing because he's sort of the first, um, like, young guy, like, young tattooer um, to work at the shop, really. Like, um, generally at the shop, it's it's always been sort of, like, five-plus years' experience at the shop, like, um, which has been great. Like, kind of like having that, like, not always having to teach someone yep. something. Like, yep. I never really wanted, like, a young guy that, you know, like I just don't 
the shop just, I feel, doesn't really have room for an apprentice at the moment just because we're all so focused on, like, what we're doing that it's just, like, to sacrifice a bit of that attention and, like, put it into something else I feel like is going to water down, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's it's a lot of responsibility as well. Yeah, it's like you really, if you're not going to give that person, you know, a, a good chunk of your energy and really teach them and, like, show them everything, it's kind of like you're doing them a disservice by even saying, like, yep, you're going to be my apprentice, I'm taking you under my wing, but then not really showing them anything and they kind of end up being the shop apprentice Yeah, and that that brings the other people down because now they're like, well, fuck, I didn't even want this apprentice and now I'm teaching him how to tattoo, like, you know? So it's yeah. like when people ask me do we take on apprentices, it's kind of like not that, like, we don't have room or it's like we're too good for that, like, ugh, no more people should learn how to tattoo. I'm open to it, but it's just if I'm not going to be able to teach them, you know, like and and give it effort, then, like, what's the point of doing it? You're yeah. just putting another person, another uneducated person out there to like get bitter about the industry real early on and then, you know, go, you know, it's just, it, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, I, and I always look at it like when someone takes on an apprentice, that apprentice will always be Josh Tadara's apprentice. Yeah. Like you, in you, their you know, shadow like, almost. Yeah, yeah, totally. But like the, mm. like, the mentor's name is always going to be attached to them. Mm. Even when they've been tattooing 10, 20 years, mm. whatever it is, you're still like... That person it, you, yeah. That person is going to be a reflection on you. Mm. So I remember um, Dan, who taught me to tattoo, Dan Pollock in Wagga, mm. he, he said like really early on that he just wants anyone that he teaches to be better than him. Mm. He's like, that's all I want. You yeah. know, he wants... So that like, involves a lot of... Commitment so to much get someone better than you, like so much, so much. It, but it, like, I thought that was such a, a really, really good mentality mm. to have. Yeah, it's like you you Big want time. that person to achieve everything you ever wanted to achieve and more, you mm. know. And then once you see them sort of reach those sort of heights or whatever, you feel mm. like, yeah, I've I've done good. Yeah, you know. Mm. And I feel like to be able to do that and to be able to give someone that is such a, mm. a crazy responsibility. Yeah. I don't know if you could like have a wife and kids and do that sort of stuff. It's like you really need to be at a good point in your life to be able to give that to someone. Yeah, that apprentice is your kid. Yeah. They could be the same age as you but they are your kid. Yeah. I almost feel that way with um, our shop guy at the moment, Sully. Um, He's such a legend and it's it's an idea I tossed up with um, for a few years, having a shop guy um, because, yeah, for pretty much the first five years of – uh, owning the Grand Illusion. Um, the first three years was with uh, my business partner, Aaron, Aaron Hingston, who's an amazing tattooer as well. We opened the shop together. Um, but he had a lot on his plate and he lived very far away from the shop. He was traveling like an hour and 20 minutes to and from every time. So it's hard to ask him to put in as much effort as I was who lived quite close to the shop, you yeah. know, you know, I did a lot of after hours stuff and whenever we had guests in town, we'd go to dinners and things like that. So it's like, it's hard to ask him to do the same thing. So when he eventually left, um, yeah, the next two years was basically me doing like everything at the shop, like going 
going and shopping for supplies, like doing online orders, calling ProTat, like, you know, doing all this extra stuff on top of me having to like tattoo full time and then going home and, yeah, doing Reaper reprints, our printing company. And it was just like I had so much on my plate that I was like, I think, you know, I, I need to work out the the finance thing of like being able to pay someone to do all that stuff and me still being able to tattoo and just focus more like because I feel like it was affecting, you know, the quality of work and um, almost my passion for tattooing. Um, it's hard because you go from being a mm. tattooer that rocks up at 8.39 in the morning, gets his stuff ready for the day, tattoos all day, goes home, repeat to yeah. being a business owner of not one but two businesses mm. where you have all that shit to worry about too, mm. which cuts into all your time. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's very full on. Um, and yeah, like you said earlier, like um, yeah, I'm someone that likes to be busy all the time. I never really like thought of it as work, but it's kind of like once you start taking away a few of those things, you realize how much more time on your hands you have, how much less stress you have. And, and you're like, oh, shit, I, th- I think I was taking on a little too much. How, how um, do you think you're juggling it now between I think being- it's I think it's fucking perfect now having Sully. Like, um, so yeah, a year ago we hired Sully. Um, it was so funny the way it came about. Um, me and Tim were just like tattooing and I was just like, fuck, man, I think we need a shop guy. Like, you know, it's bringing up in light conversation. I watched, um, like I re-watched The Smith Street um, via Stocko and um, yep. and just like the little extra bit about their shop guy is just so fucking funny. I was just like, man, we need someone like that. Like just it is a fun job, I think. I think I would if Definitely. I wasn't tattooing, I'd like to be working in a tattoo shop. Well, that's, shop that, like, that's, that's how like, that's how I began. Yeah. You know, and then it, it led into, it, into yeah. an apprenticeship. So I'm but, almost seeing like this nostalgia thing in Sully. I'm just yeah. like, fuck. I remember like being that age and having fun, you know, working in a tattoo shop and not having the stresses of actually tattooing. Yeah. It's quite refreshing. Well, well for me, it was literally um, pocket money on a Saturday. Mm. I was getting tattooed mm. and I was getting, I was in there while I was at uni. I think I was 19 when I started the tattoo shop and every Saturday I just went in, did the cleaning, did appointments, yeah. served people, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And it was just so much fun hanging out in the tattoo shop. Yeah, But I, I didn't expect it to lead to anything else. And oh, so you didn't really take on a f- – you, you didn't have like a formal apprenticeship like from the start. It started as a shop guy thing yeah. that turned into an apprenticeship. Yeah, as it went on. Okay. Where, yeah. When it got to the point where Brian, who used to own the shop, left um, or moved to Thailand and mm. sold it to Dan and then it was just Dan and it is crazy busy down there. Mm. So many small towns around, a lot of people travel yeah. to that shop to get tattooed. So it got to the point where Dan's like, fuck, mm. I need someone else tattooing mm. and I just – I've just been there. I've just yeah. been around, you know. And I'd always drawn growing up too. So mm. so he was like, do you want to apprentice? Mm. And I'm at but uni and I'm like. But almost like half the thing is like, half the thing is finding the guy that's right. That's you know, it. You can't, you can't you apprentice someone like, you don't trust. Yeah, you need this person you trust. You need this person you can be around all the time. You need this person that you know is going to learn and not like, you know, you try to teach them something and they argue back or something. It's like. I did that. Yeah, but you know, I think he maybe got like a good gauge of like your yeah. Sense I, I, of I feel person. like the 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 hardest part when finding an apprenticeship 
which is why it's so hard when people just walk in off the street with a portfolio. Yeah. They've never been to the shop it before. Needs to be peop- it needs to be someone that's been just tattooed at the shop, like flat out, and we all already know them. And then it sort of comes up naturally. Yeah. And it's almost like, yeah, you are the right guy. Like, we know you. Yeah, that's how, totally. That's how Sully came about. We were just all tattooing him. I'd known him since high school. Um and he was just that guy that, like, you know, sometimes on his days off, he'd just pop his head into the shop and be totally. like, hey! He's just always there, always like, in the Sally! background, <laughs> yeah. watching, waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he was just kind of always around and, totally. like, always sort of doing art and, you know. Um, I feel like as long as they have yeah. the qualities that you can't teach someone, yeah. you can always teach them to tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You can teach someone to draw. Mm. You can teach them to tattoo. Are they Keep trustworthy? Scrub a toilet. Scrub a toilet. Get right up in its fucking S band. Plunge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, I've seen some shit. Yeah. Literally. But it's yeah, it's it's. Are they a good person? Mm. And from yeah, the set, from the opposite that. end, from the opposite mm. end, someone going for an apprenticeship, you don't want to just walk in off the street and be like, "Hi, yeah, one apprenticeship, please." What if, what if the <laughs> tattoo is a dick? Yeah. You know. It yeah, goes, you don't even know ways. us. Like, why do you? Why do you think? Where the right fit for you. There's so, like, there's so many people out there that will put an apprentice on as scab labor, not pay them, do all that shit. Yeah, and, and then, when it goes bad, they just fire them, man. It's fire. like, oh, well, I got four months of free work. Exactly. I man. didn't have to clean for four I, months. I think that's what a lot of people yeah, don't realize. Yeah, it's a cop out. That's why I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's like yeah. you walk in off the street, you're going in dry, mm. you know, you don't know them. And then, you know, you, you want to be able to trust your employer. You want to be able to get on with your employer mm. and hope that they have your back outside of work as well. You know, because it's such a uh, an intimate environment working in the tattoo shop. Yeah, you need to be around everyone, you know, all day. And, like, it's a very close thing. It's not like, oh, you're in the office, we don't really see you. It's like, yeah, you need to get along with the person. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So you've fucked your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's, what's what's um, going on with it? Are you okay? Um, well, it's just sort of ongoing injuries, really. Um, I think they're all just like melding into one at the moment. I'm not sure what's exactly wrong, but um, I don't know. Since I was a teenager, I've had like kind of, you know, fuck things with my shoulders and back and stuff. Um, I like stopped doing sports at school, stopped skating just because like you were, my, you're my a drummer. Back. You're a drummer as well. Yeah, right? yeah. I was for some reason drumming like maybe like loosened everything up and it was, was okay. like it was actually maybe the one thing that was good for it. Yeah, right. Definitely skating like you know dropping downstairs and like that compression probably yeah. wasn't very good for my back and um, sports in general never really like felt good. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And, yeah, I've always sort of, like, gone to, you know, doctors, physios, massages type things yep. pretty much since I was, yeah, 17 or something. And um, it's only in recent years that, like, um, a doctor and physio have really been taking it seriously because, um, you know, every now every like two weeks or something I'll just I'll wake up and like my whole wrist will be swollen and I can't like move my hand and like there's just all these shooting pains like all just shooting just, up just my the arms one wrist? and stuff uh, it's kind of in both it's just kind of like this week will be this arm yeah, right. two weeks later will be this arm and it's almost like the exact same thing um, do you get that uh, so, dry needling 
You ever had that? Uh, I've got a bit of a fear of needles, so I tried it once and like almost threw up. So I'm um, yeah, not going to do that. But anything that doesn't involve needles, I'm pretty good with. Tattooing, like massages. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's the only thing that doesn't involve needles and massages. Feel pretty good, but uh, yeah, I don't really like getting needles or anything, which is kind of ironic because I got to see what was going on with my nerves. They had to stick needles in all my nerves and shoot like electric shocks up through them to like time. Um, like a relay to see. Yeah, like, like a relay type thing to see how well they were working. And so that was just like fucking an hour of like sticking a needle in, moving it around and like sending an electric shock. And oh, that, that, was, that was probably the worst terrible. day of my life. Um, but yeah, it was actually that test that sort of discovered that um, there's this nerve going all the way out my arm that is completely dead now. It's like Whoa. damaged and doesn't work anymore. So um, that was leading them to think it was this thing called thoracic outlet syndrome, which is an extra rib in my shoulder. So I was possibly going to be getting surgery. But now I just went and got an MRI last week and it wasn't that. So um, Back to square one. Yeah, sort of back to square one. Good that I don't have to do that surgery because that was going to be like an eight-week recovery, like oh. eight weeks each shoulder or something. So I was like trying to get my head around that. Like, fuck, like not going to be tattooing for that long. And then after the eight weeks, is it just like I start tattooing again or is it like, you know, yeah. one tattoo a week for whatever? So that was stressing me out a bunch. Um, it's kind of good to know that it's not that. So um, I'm seeing a neurosurgeon this week, figure some more things out. But like you were saying earlier, it's just like we know so many tattooers that have these sort of like yeah. injury, work-related injuries that are almost like permanent now. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, okay, we're all just sort of fucking our bodies up for this craft that we love doing. Like where's the line? Like. Yeah. Do we do we push it till the point we can't use our arms anymore and then say, oh, sweet, it was worth it? Or do we, like, get the surgeries along the way and take this, like, big, like, leap back and then learn again? Yeah. It's kind of, like, scary. Like, the only thing I've got to reference off it was, like, um, Tim Hendricks, who I've met a couple of times, has got, like, this whole fucking robotic back type system in his spine now. It's all like metal and shit that because he used to have to just like stand up tattooing like he couldn't sit on a chair anymore. Like just everything was like bed raised up to here and just standing and tattooing. Wow. And I think I think now because of the surgery he can sit and bend properly I now. I Chris Garber does something about just um, like, like tattooing with back pain and all that mm, sort of stuff. He's part like, of like some – some foundation regarding like back pain. I really didn't yeah. look too much into that. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm not like crying like poor me or whatever. Like yeah. oh, I'm the one how, guy how that often, has a hurt arm. But how often like, do you get like those flare ups? Is it like <clears throat> it's pretty much like once a fortnight? It's oh, like getting pretty regular at the yeah. moment. Um, getting like more and more regular. Uh, I think like more intense. Maybe not more regular, but like. Last week, um, when you probably saw me posting about it and stuff, was just kind of like the final straw for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I woke up and literally could not move my hand from like there to there and just like, you know, these fingers were all fucked and just like my whole arm. Um, like usually I'll wake up, you know, during the night, 
with this shooting pain and I'll just like go and grab some painkillers and like smash them and just like at least try sleep, try get through the night and then I'll um, book like an emergency like physio appointment to just like relieve, try loosen it up because I have tattoos to do that day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, usually it result, results in me like cancelling, you know, that day and then I'm good to go for the next day or whatever. But this time was just like... I smashed these painkillers and then was just like sitting up at 4 a.m. like literally crying on the couch just like this is fucked. Like yeah. this is the oh. worst pain of I've felt in terms of this. Um, and so, yeah, went to the physio the next day. That didn't really do anything. You know, I sort of stopped having painkillers because they just make me feel sick. So I'm kind of trying to work out what, how do I, I go about too. it without all, all those like codeine and known sort oh, of things make me really nauseous. They're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Like- so that that first day I had codeine and did absolutely nothing, and then neuro, I had neurofin later on in that night, and that sort of reduces the inflammation, so it kind of works. Yep. But then neurofin kind of fucks with my stomach, so I stop having it, and I'm just like sitting in pain trying to deal with it, and I can't like really exercise it to like make it feel better. It's just like immobilize it, like strap it up. Yeah. Just wait for it to figure itself out. Just wait it out. Even like ice was like too much for it, like like aggravating the nerves or something. It's just like, ugh. So yeah, I was pretty fed up last week and that lasted a full seven days. Like couldn't tattoo for seven days. It was fucked. Yeah. So it's getting worse in terms of like... Intensity. Intensity, but not really more often. It's just... And, yeah, now this week I'm fine, so I've, like, smashed tattoos all week. Yeah. But I don't know what next week's going to do. So that's why I'm really trying to, like, work out what's going wrong because, yeah. Have you you done anything at work for everyone that works with you to sort of minimise group yoga sessions or something, Pilates classes? I wasn't thinking that extreme. It's quite extreme. Everyone I worked with did a group yoga session the other night and I didn't go. Really? Yeah, oh. in the shop. You should have gone. And I'm pretty sure Pete like swapped a, a yoga session for a tattoo or something. <laughs> <laughs> and they're it. just doing it and moving everything aside and like people are walking past at night like looking into the shop and it's just a bunch of people doing yoga in a tattoo shop. I'd be into that. Um, That's the thing. I think I want to get around something like that, something that like balances, like brings me back to square one and like yeah. I don't know. Like part, part of me wants to do it. Energy part stuff. of me wants to do it. And then the other part of me is like... Ah. Super lazy, yeah. Yeah, total laziness. Why is like why is like the the cure for these sort of things like really frustrating stuff to do? Like we were talking <laughs> earlier about this, the, the neck thing you have to do. Yeah. And it's like, what, you need to like lift your neck back like this and hold it for like 10 breaths and do that like 20 yeah, times yeah. a night. Just forever. That's just what you do now. A, a, a couple of months like, ago, fuck that. a couple so of months annoying. ago, I was getting like really bad back pain, mm. and every day I woke up, it got worse and worse and worse. Mm. It got to the point where I'm like, it was like a Saturday morning. And I was maybe five days into this, and mm. I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah, and I like had to get my girlfriend to like help physically help me get out of bed. Mm. It was so fucked, and I'm like, I'm going to a chiropractor tomorrow. Yeah. I did that, and then I had to get X-rays, and then go back to the chiropractor, and then it was two sessions a week for like six, seven weeks, mm. and then once a week after that, and then my mm. private health 
uh, I ran out of like sessions. Yeah. And then it just got more expensive and I stopped going. Yeah. But uh, I should probably maybe look at keep doing that because it, it made a huge difference. Yeah. Because I sit like a fuckhead all the time. I'm probably doing it now. Yeah. But like uh, we do, but it's – and it's kind of like, oh, you feel so guilty. Like, yeah, I know. It's me sitting in this fucked position. But it's like – I tried to do it the other day. I was kind of like, oh, I'll just like sit back here and tattoo. I'm just like, I, one, I can't see what I'm doing. So (laughs) no. And like, you know, it's just kind of like, fuck. Okay. Yes. One, we're not helping ourselves by tattooing like this. But like sometimes that's just like, okay, what are you doing? It's unavoidable. But that's, that's kind of why I was like the other week you might've seen, um, that video of me like trying to just tattoo through the fact that my hand didn't work and luckily it was my stretching hand so I was just kind of like, oh, I've seen people like just kind of pull the skin down and tattoo like this. With your strong hand. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Like, you know, you see those old, you see like, you watch like Stony Knows How video yeah, man. and he actually has a hand that doesn't really work and he just kind of does that and tattoos. And, like, his tattoos look great. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, whatever. Like, I can make a fist. I'll just, like, put paper towel there and I'll just, like, you know, tattoo like that. Imagine if you got, like, those, um, like, those bulldog, bulldog clips and you, like, yeah, stretch your skin and, like, clip it on the, the back. And it's yeah. just, like, done that. And, yeah, that whole, like, we call it the bikey grip. I don't know what it's actually called. I, but I've yeah. heard Viper grip. Yeah. Viper grip. Yeah. I sounds... think it's bikey grip because it's because such a 90s way I may have tattooing. misheard it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very similar. But yeah, you grab it from the back of the arm and then you just like this. But it's like, I don't know. I, I kind of said that to my physio. I'm like, oh, don't worry. I'll just I'll just start doing this. If you, if you think I can't do that anymore, I'll just do this. And I tried for like two seconds. And I'm just like... Well, that line's not even in there. Yeah. Maybe I can't do that. Yeah, and, and that's not yeah, going to work for everybody. This part. thing as well, I was just kind of like, it's it, like I, I can't tattoo that way. I don't know why, but like because I haven't learned to do that, it's just something about the tightness of the skin. I just couldn't like get it and it was just like making everything else hurt. And I was just like, fuck, no, my back's killing me. This hurts obviously and I was just like, to the point where, like, Avalon luckily had a cancellation and was just, like, watching me just, like, this is so you fucking stretch shit grim. For you. Yeah, yeah, she just she yeah. just put on gloves and yeah. was just, like, I'm just going to do this because yeah. this looks fucked. Like, and that's luxury. Like, I was just, like, you could tell I was panicking. Like, Totally. There's probably, yeah, one of the lower moments in my tattooing career. And there's but, not, nothing um, worse than when... You're tattooing someone and you're starting to stress and you're starting to sweat and you're like, hey, man, mm. can you turn the heater off? And they're like, it's not on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it hot in here? Yeah. Um, but it's like no, if, if air you, cons on, it's freezing. Yeah, man. Uh, if, if you cool. start to freak, then your customer's going to freak. Yeah. And it's just bad for everyone. Mm, it was just one of those moments where I was just like not really proud or happy of like what was happening. I was just like, this is... Definitely a low point in my career. Like my body is actually failing me. Like what? Like what? Yeah, that's going to be just stressful. Gonna happen every two I, weeks. I, I feel, or I feel like what am I going to do when you're like sixty plus and that shit happens? You're like, oh, I'm getting old, but like you're you're still a spring chicken, my friend. Oh, and, and when that stuff starts to 18, happen, so you turned eighteen. I'm good to go. <laughs> Cracking beard. But, but yeah, uh, like Jane Laver from Chapel. Yeah, gave me some encouraging words but of she's like. Said, yeah, she also is just went through similar shit and again she's like 
don't do surgery. Don't do anything doctors tell you like. What? I'm ad-libbing here. Sorry, Jane, if, <laughs> if this is not at all what you said. But what I heard was smoke weed. Yeah, this is a fucking. Nah, but like she was saying she sort of seeked alternative um, medicines type thing and right. does all this like micro stretching, micro uh-huh. things. But, and but, she reckons she essentially cured what doctors said was uncurable other than surgery. You know, like but carpal do you ever, tunnel do you syndrome ever, Do you ever whatever. think stuff like that might be a temporary fix to a problem? Yeah, as opposed or a case-by-case like, case thing. Like yeah. that, that's why I've been seeking these um, further tests because doctors are telling me like, uh, I, I don't think this is your regular like – you know, arm pain, shoulder pain, like this This could be the serious thing where you have to get this bone removed or it's like it's like stamping on a garden hose, like stopping it, yep. letting it go, stopping it, letting it go. After a while, if you do that for X amount of years, that's just it's gonna the, cut the, through the, bit hose. Yeah, the bit you're stamping on is going to be damaged. So yeah. the last thing I want to do is like permanent damage. So that's why I'm doing these tests to like, find out what's happening but I, I'm open to these alternative like sure if doing this like you know a thousand times a day or whatever like some subtle thing is going to cure me sure I'll do it but like oh, it's worth I'm not going to like waste break. years doing this and realising oh actually I need surgery here and I could have fixed it yeah or totally something something more just like to the point but I feel like so many people know. get that like my uncle's a house painter and he got like carpal tunnel just from swinging a brush around in like both yes. Yeah. Or like I was telling a client the other day who's a chef and he said he got tennis elbow because he like um, sautéing too throws, hard. Yeah, throws a pan a lot. Yeah. So he's always doing this with like a heavy pan. True. And it's just like, yeah, like I'm not crying poor me like, oh, I'm a tattooer, my back hurts. It's like everyone. Everyone. Everyone hurts. And sometimes. A chef doing this with a heavy pan, I'd rather tattoo than do this. Fucking that every yeah, day. Yeah, even even that you sucks. know like chefs or people in hospo and they're mm. you know they're standing on cement floors for yeah at seven, least we get to sit hours. down every day right. It's probably not good that we're sitting yeah. down like this, but like but even people in offices are like sitting here with like a key. Fuck that already hurts my shoulder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even do it for like couldn't even do it for the joke. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah but uh, it's fucking yeah. it's almost inescapable in yeah. any profession where you're doing something repetitively day in day out. Mm. It's gonna do something. I think that's why they call it repetitive stress injuries. Yeah, or repetitive something injuries. That's why you're just doing the same thing every single day. Yeah, and it just you're using. You're only using one muscle where, like, there should be, like, ten doing that job, but you've taught yourself to only use one, and so you've completely shut out all these other muscles that, you know, yeah, it's it's fucking weird. My physio explains it to me every day, and I'm just like... Yeah, this is too crazy. I thought I chiropractors know. were a scam. I've never been to one until I recently. I think chiropractors are a scam. All right, probably, let, but me, let me change Don't you. they just, like, snap bones and... Yeah, it's real Things, satisfying. Yeah. I think physios do more like all right. Help. With I'm going to explain to you what they explained to me. Mm. They may have won me over. Mm. You know, I might be buying their bullshit. Hearing this from a chiropractor is probably not. Yeah. So, ba- so, so basically, yeah, I had uh, really severe back pain, mm. and they're like, that pain is coming from the muscles trying to correct mm. uh, irregularities or inconsistencies in your spine. So that's your your muscles trying to push it to mm. so basically keep you going 
Mm. So it was like you get an adjustment mm. and you feel pretty good for a day or two. But if you just walk away and you never go back, your spine is going to go back to how it was mm. um, because that's what it considered normal for however long. Yeah. So you get like regular adjustments. It basically trains your muscles and all that sort of stuff that, that this is the new normal. It's the new default and that's why you have to go sort of so twice regular. a week for whatever just to basically so your body gets used to the new normal. Mm. So, But physios if, try to do that in a different way of like your one muscle is trying to correct this when really all your core muscles should be trying to do that together. Like to fix my neck, she's trying to get me to like strengthen my core in my groin, which apparently because that's such an important muscle of like holding me, holding me up, not, you know, like you feel your lower back drop like that. If, if that muscle's strong and holds your lower back up, all this is open. So like you do a lot of thrusting so to it's do. it's kind of like, yeah, a lot a of lo- like... <laughs> a lot of thrusting exercises. Just like these weird little subtle things. I'm like, okay, yeah, like written down on paper, that makes sense. But it's like, fuck, doing this little thing like every fucking day ever now. I just imagine just you like, with like one of those elastic bands like tied around your hips and you're just like thrusting against yeah. a tree or something. <laughs> But see, maybe maybe I'm a maybe I'm someone like you that just likes to just be like shoved in the right way and just like that that's normal for the next couple of days and just come back. All, and I'll all I'm saying do it is, like, she made a very convincing argument. Yeah, for me it, to spend a lot of money there. Yeah, it does make sense. <laughs> but I, I felt way better and I feel a lot better now. Mm. I should probably still currently be going. I haven't yeah. been answering their phone calls uh, where they've been trying to like book me in again. Mm. I've been too scared. I hope she's not listening to this. Yeah. But um yeah I, I mean I I it made sense and I feel way 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 better mm. um and I've also been more conscious of like not sitting on my wallet and stuff <laughs> as well you yeah, know, one of those George scant George Stanza, all, the all the receipts like <laughs> on like a right angle instead of being close yeah. he's yeah. <laughs> you're sitting out a lean what are you doing <laughs> well basically you know that was like throwing my pelvis out and then that was fucking you with my spine kind of. and I'm sitting on my I'm more. sitting on my wallet right yeah. now. <laughs> now so I'm really good. self-conscious about it. But it's like that again, that's a tattoo of a problem. We only get paid in cash, so our wallet kind of like gets that is, like that. that is not my problem. <laughs> not your problem? Not too much money? Not at all. Definitely not. <laughs> Anyone listening, please book in now with MJ Forrest. I have a GoFundMe account. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> donate to Oxfam. <laughs> Oh my god! Enough about sore backs. What else you got written down there? Is there something we've missed? I wrote a surprisingly I mean, you had a few small amount notes. of things. You had a little notes. <laughs> Did we actually cover them all? We definitely no. talked about sort of. Uh, I think we were talking about something earlier before the podcast. When we were just like gas bagging before. Where I told you that I sent like um, a, a really like um, embarrassing like. Sappy message to fan Todd Noble. Message. Yeah, fanboy message to Todd Noble. Well, I guess that's a. Well, yeah, what was the segue for that? That like. Well, he he know. had a he had a thing on his Instagram story. Art, art inspires. It was sort of it was sort of his thing was, um, he had one of those Instagram ask me anything, mm. and they're good. I did that last week. They're and it great. Was like, it's amazing, the things people say. I think that's what led us to it because I was just saying like. Half of them weren't even questions. 
half of them were just like, you inspire me so much. Yeah, like, you get some heavy I'm, stuff. I'm depressed. I'm not. I don't live near you. It's just like, <sighs> that's heavy, dude. Like, I don't know. I'm just doing tats. Like, yeah. I, that, t- I think that's something I definitely didn't expect um, that tattooing would lead me to. Like, people, you know, I'm not like tooting my own horn or anything. It's just like, Every now and then I'll get this like super epic message just from some kid other side of the world like I'm from blah, 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 like, you know, your art inspires me daily, like, you know, just I love everything about it, um, you know, I'm depressed, I'm not near you, like whatever. And just other people like sending me like really deep and meaningful stuff, like full yeah pages worth of things of, to like read and it's just like – that's like amazing. Like, I don't yeah. know, I don't know where it translates, like how me doing what I do translates into like someone, you know, obviously I have followers, people are following the work, but like to think that it actually means something to them is just this world that I It's crazy think. because when you look at how many followers you have, you have a number and it kind of just, I don't know, you just, Think of it as a number. This many hmm. people follow me. Oh, it's but just you, like people like, like seeing tattoos, so it's kind of like totally, it doesn't shock me that we all have a lot of followers. It's like, yeah, tattoos are like really appealing to look at. But ima- imagine kind of, if you got all of those people that follow you in like one room and you saw like how many actual people that were that care enough about mm, what you do mm. and like enough what you do to be engaged mm. and and want to keep up to date with what you're up to. Yeah. Like that's crazy. And then for all those people, they're all following you for different reasons as well. Like there are the mm. people that, you know, the stuff that you do really means a lot to them. Mm. And it's crazy because you might think I'm doing, a, I'm doing a cool eagle tat today, yeah. whatever. And then, you know, someone on the other side of the world, yeah. they're like, fuck, I really look up to this guy. Mm. I guess that's what led you to this podcast because you, you mentioned to me earlier that you set out to do something kind of different with this podcast. Yeah. You wanted to show people what I, was it? I, I wanted to, I feel like a lot of tattoo podcasts talk about tattooing and we talked about it a little bit, mm. but I'm really happy that we sort of talked about things that are relatable to people outside of tattooing. Mm. So uh, people that are following you and, and want to hear more from you and get mm. advice from you and hear more about your experiences um, and like ups and downs and mm. all that sort of stuff, um, I think that's what people are quite interested in because mm. everyone everyone sees the photos of tattoos mm. and not knows what goes into it mm. and not know you know how much effort and time and like ups and downs went into getting to the mm. point that you're at to do those tattoos and I just find that really interesting so I just wanted to talk mm. to people like you and, and all the other guests that are going to be on this podcast and find out for myself all those things mm. and I thought it'd be a shame not to share it with other people you know. Mm. Yeah, it's good that it's not going to be one of those podcasts that does focus, you know, on one thing like social media or like one thing like the technical side of tattooing. I guess that's what those Ask Me Anything on Instagram really shows is like people don't want to even know the technical stuff. You know, you almost put that out there and you're like, ugh, 
I'll, I'm almost wish I didn't post that. Like, yeah. it's just going to be like, what liner do you use? What what this do you use? What this do you use? How big's your dick? My mates always send that one. Every yeah. fucking time I do one of those, ask me anything. It's always like dick related questions. Yeah, and I just say there's no ruler small enough to <laughs> calculate like the micro. It just doesn't. Yeah. Wider, wider than it is long. I was just going to leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, no one ever actually asked technical stuff. So you're you're on the right path of thinking that people don't want to hear that shit. People want to people only ask me about tell me about your wife, tell me about your pets, tell me about what inspires you, tell me about what bands you're into at the moment. Did you have did you used to play in bands? Like what was that? What was that? Blah blah blah. It's very like just personal stuff almost outside of tattooing that they can like add to the tattoos like you say and like it gives them a clearer picture of maybe the way I approached it. I don't I know. Feel, I feel like it makes you more relatable uh, and it makes mm. your tattoos more relatable yeah. when people sort of understand you a little bit. And there's definitely mm. like a sort of, um, you know, you got to be careful about putting too much out there about mm. yourself, you know, especially when you have a platform yeah. that, that, that you do where you've got so many followers, it's like, yeah, you got to keep some shit to yourself, you know, because mm. people can be a little bit weird. But mm. um, they want to know. They're genuinely interested. And I feel mm. like when they come in and they get the tattoo, it's all part of the experience, you know. They're not just yeah. walking in, walking out in one second and they have an image on them for the rest mm. of their lives. It's sort of I like, like that the whole people, experience. I like, I like when people come in and know a bit about me already, um, like they already know that they're going to talk about horror movies. They're going to talk about like metal bands and, you know, like it's kind of cool. Like people come to me and they're like, i got to get this Dracula off you. Like, you know, I, I know you're the guy to do it. Um, yeah. Just like I'll, yeah, I fucking want to do anything horror related, anything Man, I, sci-fi related. Like, I think it must have been one, of the, one of the first big sick. one of the first of the trad portraits you started doing in the in the vein that you've sort of gone down now was a Dracula, right? And it was sort of like... That was like number one. Number one. I remember that. I mm. screenshot that and I hated myself for so long <laughs> looking at that going, fuck this guy. Yeah, that like, was literally number one. I'd done like black and gray portraits in the past because I used to like paint portraits before I started tattooing. Right. Like big like canvas type ones. Um, but yeah, that, that Dracula one was the first color one I tried to do. I just thought like, well, it's like a horror portrait, super high contrast, most of it's black, and then it's going to be this like cool tone. So I'm not going to like worry about like the flesh tones or anything. It's all going to be with blues. So it's just like black and blue portrait. Um, I think it came out really cool and I think that's what drew me more towards doing the horror type stuff because um, those older sort of universal universal monster picks were all black and black and white so they had this super heavy contrast like lighting was a real important thing of like you know you're like blacking out half the face and then there's just it's only like that's the part you're doing the portrait of. It's yeah. like kind of easy, uh, an easy way to start kind anyway. And then it kind of like steered more towards doing like grandparents and shit off these like super blurry old photos yeah. and then in black and white I have to turn them colour. It's amazing. And it's just like, fuck, like, I, I, like every one of them is a challenge but it's a challenge I'm open to and I feel like it'd be it super rewarding excited. too. Yeah, it's like... At the end, where I just like look at it, I'm like, yes, I think I like captured that enough, but also did my own thing with it, and it still feels like a traditional tattoo to me. Like, 
I always try to pump a bold outline around it. I, I, I mainly do the hair just flat black, like try not to worry about the details of the hair or anything. I'm not doing like strand by strand. Um, so, yeah, it, but it was definitely the horror portraits that led me towards it because I like collect horror books and horror comics and stuff and they all have that really graphic imagery where like half the face is black and half has this like red light glowing over it. So it just makes for a good tattoo, I think. Yeah. Um, They're so cool. And before, so yeah. before we wrap this up, I think I want to ask you one more question. Mm -hmm. If you could go back to little Joshi Tadaro, <laughs> he's just turned 18, he's just started tattooing, what is something that you would want to, a bit of wisdom you'd want to impart on him then mm. that he probably should have known earlier that's taken you this long to work out? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know exactly what I would say, but I think like um, something pretty important I learned like early on in tattooing was just like, you know, take a step back. You haven't. You haven't figured everything out. You're not. You're definitely not as cool as you think you are. Just like yes, you know, take a breather. Like I think, like the young person in us wants to like, just like get everything done as quick as possible. Um, maybe skipping the fundamentals. I was always kind of like that with drawing and stuff. I never really, like learned the technical aspect. I just always wanted to just like, today I'm drawing. I'll just sit a picture there and I'll just like copy it. I was like. You know, I never, I, I guess I have a short attention span, but um, yeah, early on in tattooing, like when I first got that job at Irizumi, it was like, I thought, oh, like I'd been given this job because like the shop needed me and like, right. you know, like I was doing them a favor or something. And so I was just like strolling in, doing tattoos, like, you know, not caring, sort of, I don't know. I, I just, I, you know, you come into it with that like fresh, excited attitude. It's easy, and it, it's it easy to get that ego on you early on too. Yeah. Because being, being young and getting a cool job like tattooing yeah, and all your like, friends are like, man, that's so oh, cool. You sort of put I mean. the hype a bit. It's just like, yeah, hyping you up like way too much. It's what I was saying earlier. Continue about what you said. What did you end up saying to Todd Noble when you messaged him? That fanboy message. <laughs> So, I think I think we should go back there before uh, we wrap it up. Let's bring this up. I again. think it's interesting. So, <laughs> maybe twenty minutes before we did this podcast, Todd Noble had uh, Todd Noble is one of my favorite tattooers of all yeah, time. But that's why I think it's important is is because you're doing what I was saying. Like kids are doing. Like you understand it. Like totally. I, I'd like to hear your input of like why you felt the need to message Sean Noble, like why he inspires <laughs> you so much. Like I was compelled. Um, yeah. He had a thing on his Instagram story saying that uh, he answered someone's question. I can't remember what it was, but he said that his mentor was kind of shitty, didn't really teach him anything. Mm. And then I messaged him saying, well, fuck, looks like shit's panned out okay for you. You yeah. know, like I, I've looked up to your work since I started tattooing like five years ago. Hmm. Um, I like constantly look to your stuff for reference. Um, like, you know, fucking hmm. thank you, essentially, hmm. you know. Um, and, and there's so many tattooers that I like, if I wasn't so impulsive, I probably, 
you know, I, I would have messaged them too. Like, there's so many people. You're one of them, man. Like, everyone that's on this podcast, like, I just want to fucking mm. shake and say, like, thank yeah. you. Like, like that fucking Dracula portrait that you did, like, a couple mm. years ago, you know, like, that, like, that's still on my phone somewhere. Mm. Um, but I think that's, yeah, that's sort of crazy, like, um, where you're at hitting up your, your mental, uh, not mentors, but, like, your prime inspiration you hitting him up about this podcast and like, oh fuck, should I even hit him up? Like they're gonna, they're gonna just say no, like it's kind of dumb. And then they say yes, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how yeah. is this even happening? But they're also thinking like me being on the other side of it. Not that I'm, whatever, but like, me being asked by you is also like, oh wow, like such an honor that someone would even think of my work in that way that like but but a lot of, think a lot it's of it, important or to me whatever, for this podcast a lot like of it's not even about crazy. the work mm. a lot of it's not even about the the tattoos man mm. it's, a lot of it is people that I've met especially this first season mm. of uh, of episodes are people that I've known a little mm. bit and or a lot Mm. Um, and I've had conversations with, and every time I've walked away from them, I feel like I've learned something mm. from talking to them, yeah. or just um, feel see, like I think I talk absolute crap. But the fact that you walk away and think you've learned something is like pretty awesome. Totally, like, man. I think I think that's equally as awesome as you walking away thinking you've learned something and being like, "That was awesome." Like, yeah, and that's something I didn't understand until really until you asked me to do the podcast and Wayne asked me to do the podcast, like. You know, and you know, getting these certain sort of messages like that—that that was me eight years ago or something. You know, hitting up people I looked up to and like, you know, asking for guest spots or asking to, yeah, you know, or like, yeah, bumping into them and thinking just like, what the fuck? Like, how did I just meet that guy? Like, how, yeah. why did he just talk to me like I was normal? You ever, like, you ever just talk like, to what's them? Happening? You ever talk to someone you really look up to and not realize it was them? Uh, that I hasn't have. happened. I'm I the have. I'm the kind of guy that will just be like, "Hey, you're that guy," and they'll be like, "Yep." I've done it, man. I've gone to conventions. <laughs> I've done that I've, to celebrities. I've had fucking hour long conversations with no. people at conventions, not knowing who the fuck they were. Walked away, then seen them later at a booth with the banner up, and I'm like, "Oh fuck! Uh, oh no, I've made a dick of myself." <laughs> yeah, I try not to do that. I guess maybe that's happened along the way, but I've maybe learnt from it. Yeah, um, I'm more one of those guys that like. N- Seeks out who I'm about to talk to and like maybe like Google's them before I speak to him or something. Just like, oh, where are you? So wife and two kids, was it? Yeah, Amber. Yeah. You just have all these the uh, younger one. These, uh, conversation points. Yeah, all these topic starters. Yeah, yeah. But that's just my own insecurities of <laughs> thinking I can't hold a conversation with a normal person. Like I better just really ham them up and think I know everything about them. To the point where like this guy's cool. Yeah, but fuck yeah. Probably it works. It probably backfires. You're probably more natural, so I don't think so. Okay, I think they think I'm the weird, creepy guy. Yeah, but Josh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come to Hotel Esplanade and Thanks, record man. this. Uh, Thanks for this podcast me. for me. Episode one in the can and. If you ain't first, you're last. I've always said that. (laughs) Dude, thank you so much. No, I appreciate it.